106.5 WFMP, this is Community Control Now, the show seeking democratic community control of public institutions with a particular interest in the U.S. policing apparatus. I'm your host, Vincent Gonzalez, doing 50 and a 35. Michael T, say what's up to the people. What's up? Also, uh, to conclude our episode on mental health and policing, we got Nisha back for part two. Hey, hey, what's up? Hey, we here at Community Control Now seek to end the rampant abuses by the state that greatly target persons of color and the economically disadvantaged. We here at Community Control Now believe in all power to all oppressed people all over the world. So let's get back into it here. Part two, part one, we looked at uh, some of the L's facing persons uh, in this country with severe mental illness, how policing interacts with that. You know, we learned that one out of four police murders is propagated on persons with severe mental illness. You know, certain uh, designations such as schizophrenia, severe bipolar, and the like. Um, And now... Uh, part two, hoping to look at some of the uh, potential reforms presented by persons. Um, we've gained a, uh, a new, a renewed interest in these things because of the social upheaval from last year, in particular in this town. Uh, so let's look at some of those uh, and let's do a critical analysis of what those uh, solutions entail, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So um, let's get right back into it here. Um, One of the solutions proposed I've seen in uh, mainstream media is social worker ride-alongs. So you get a social worker. Some models have proposed uh, that the police department hires social workers and they, I guess, have a degree of um, independence based on their background and they ride along with police officers to uh, manage, I think this is when the call presents someone in a mental health crisis, you bring the police, I mean, you bring the social worker along and they would um, use their uh, de-escalation and other knowledges about um, mental health to, I guess, have a more benevolent solution. Okay. Um, Let's look at that a little bit here. So having social workers literally in the car with police officers, what's some advantages we can see with that sort of setup here? What What do you think, Nisha, like, do you see anything that, you know, good that can come along with that? Um, I think that especially with the ethics involved with social work, if they're social workers, um, having them involved with police may provide another way for police officers to learn better behavior, um, just modeling kind of what they see a social worker being able to do. So that's one very hard-reaching positive I can give you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. That could be. Um, an exchange model, if you will, where perhaps some 
you know, new skills are picked up in that that are, you know, evidence-based in how to deal with persons with severe mental illness. Um, what do you think? Uh, and then also, I'm sorry, just no, no, one more. Just being on, just knowing that social workers come from so many different back, backgrounds and so many different areas, um, and Louisville is very small, I wouldn't be surprised if social workers wouldn't be in situations where they are around people they knew or around clients they've had or they know of. Um, so that familiarity would definitely be beneficial if LMPD is present because that would definitely allow a lot of de-escalation to happen immediately. Yeah. Just having that familiar Familiarity presence around. Yep. And you have a, a positive rapport yep. with that person. Yeah, I mean, I, I, absolutely. I hear, I hear what you're saying with that. Uh, what you think, brother? What What's some things that you Well, I'm, that? I'm very leery of, you know, the social workers riding along with the police. I am, too. We, <laughs> you uh, know. We'll address our lilliness, but I want to be uh, as uh, fair as possible. Yes, <laughs> I'd like to see that separated from the criminal justice system. Now, if there's the possibility of this crisis escalating to something very violent, I could see perhaps them on standby or in the vicinity, but you know, working together, I'm very leery of that. So, I think so that should think be separated. Should lead, you feel like the social work uh, slash mental health uh, professionals should lead that interaction if we yes. uh, ascertain it to be uh, a mental health crisis. Exactly. In, in reverse to where we would more than likely see um, realistically speaking, a capitulation by uh, the social worker or anyone, you know, or, or a, you know, a forceful tactic, uh, you know, a forceful demeanor by a police officer. Um, I think I saw, I, mean, I was on Facebook and I saw there was a, uh, a picture and I guess uh, the, uh, or a meme or whatever, uh, a person appearing to be in some sort of like public crisis mm -hmm. um, in, in the picture it was a, a naked man mm -hmm. and the caption reads um, yeah good job using your de-escalation skills on that you know it's like mm -hmm. how just kind of like the you know, just treat it as a joke that yeah. you know certain things this sort of uh, terse criminality model of you know all uh, you know, lethal or any sort of high degrees of force is what's needed in these scenarios. And that's a um, serious mistake, I think. You yeah. know, that, uh, you know, since you said 25% of the police interaction is with uh, police murders. Police murders. Of, of all, when the police murder people in this country, one out of four would be diagnosed as yeah. a severe mental illness. So that suggests that there, if you take into consideration uh, the interactions that don't result in murder, yes. it's even higher, you it's know. Even higher, absolutely. But again, I'd like to see that separated with the, in those cases, with the social worker or the mental mm -hmm. health therapist or whatever um, acting independently. Yes. Now, if again, there is the slightest possibility 
that this could escalate into you know something very violent. People have right. guns or and weapons. We, yeah, we want to be realistic. Then about, you know, know the police could be on standby. Yeah, and yeah. I say that because a lot of the critics of that approach would say, well, what about if they got a knife or a gun? And mm-hmm. you know, what's a social worker going to do? We're not saying that you know there aren't cases where. And the police might be necessary, but the problem today is that that's the first line of defense. First and and it becomes offensive. And and we know, statistically speaking, that um, that that does you know these things can be handled on the front end in so many cases. I'm curious, man, if you had a loved one who's no longer with us from one of those interactions, you know, what what degree of precaution would you have want, wanted to take? I called I called because I needed help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that you, you did you you did not. So my bro, you may you know what I'm saying, to say the least. My loved one is dead. I was trying to help. You know, so it's like we, you know, the, I think we come from an analysis that the current way we do things is woefully inadequate, and you know, just so I, I, I appreciate this mental health idea um, from a theoretical standpoint, and that it attempts to try uh, a, a curvature of what we see, just you know, the vulnerable population that's just. You know, left to the wolves here. You got people who are not trained to deal mm. with these things. Just, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and honestly, to be fair to them, you should not be sent into a scenario that you mm. are not trained to deal exactly. with. You know, so um, just looking at, I guess, the other side of that here, uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit. Um I mean, all the angles that could go wrong with that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just say, like, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, of some, you know, social worker, um, been doing it, you know, mostly on, but on and off for 15 years. And I think about some of my fellow social workers. Do you have the medal? When it's time to, if, if you're in that ride-along scenario and... Uh, you're with Officer Hothead, and he thinks it's all a big joke. Will you, on those principles that you were uh, taught on, will you uh, stand up for the you know the ethical uh, outcomes to occur? You know, will you uh, back down? You know what I mean. So I don't. I'm not all the way confident in, you know, that occurring. And then another critical element in this, and we can't fool ourselves, is that we know, and we've touched on this in previous podcasts, that so much of American policing has been infiltrated by white open white supremacists and Nazis and Ku Klux Klan. Mm -hmm. I mean, going back to the the, um, slave patrols where they started. How are we going to social work our way out of that one? Mm. Yeah, and so why would you bring people like that in, you know, or people mm-hmm. with those potential ideas into to solve, a, for instance, a black person 
having yeah. a mental crisis. Yeah. There, there will be no empathy for that mm-hmm. or very no. little. No. I mean, and you could look at this in terms of all the various uh, oppressed and marginalized yeah. populations. If mm-hmm. you're not sensitive to that population, you know, this is not just one size fits all, but if you're not sensitive and you don't know anything about that culture and the history of that culture, you know, and particularly with the black community, the history of our relationship to the police, the 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 evidence of the racist infiltration of the police forces with the deadly violence at their disposal, that's another thing we can't look at lightly. Mm-hmm. So anybody entering, you know, into those situations and, you know, they got racist views, yeah. how are they going to be empathetic yeah. well, to a black person or a Spanish person having a situation? Absolutely. I mean, and then we can just uh, tamp that down on, like, their training. How are they trained to address these things when they're, they're I'm sorry, the default training of most police agencies is a, a, a criminology mo- model that is is almost a warrior mentality. Yeah. I mean, let's mix that with, you got, a lot of these guys were uh, in the military overseas. <laughs> yeah. They have PTSD or, you know what I mean? You know, a lot of these dudes are, they just in mixing that in with the white supremacist model, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, really? There's so much um, that, because so many people think that, well, we'll just We'll train them up and, you know, just that'll uh, tighten them. Then it will, you know, they'll watch a diversity video about, uh, you know, how to best address these things and then do a, you know, a mock uh, call or, you know, it's just when, when these things are so highly systemic, what, what are the odds that that's going to, you know, say in wholesale? And we're, and we're not... We're not chaotic in understanding that, like, that's, you know, the, the even some of the things that we, um, these reforms, they're, they're not panaceas, you know what I mean? But, like, uh, some of those uh, front-end things that people propose, it's just kind of like, where are you coming from with this? Yeah, they're not comprehensive they're, enough. They're not they're looking yeah. at the total picture because some mm-hmm. of them don't want to look at the total picture because... Mm-hmm. They find the total picture offensive. And, you know, when you go into some of these topics, like white supremacy on the police force, now everybody knows that exists, well documented, all kinds of videos, movies on this, the police, you know, killing people at random. And so when that training occurs, all of that has to be taken into consideration. You know, if I was leading a training, you'd have to sit and watch the history of policing in this country. Mm -hmm. It would be mandatory that every policeman knows how policing started, how it has evolved, Mm -hmm. the role it played in the civil rights movement. They were the first line of defense for the segregationists and white nationalists. Yeah, and we know the the current role of uh, upholding the role of capital Yes. In, this, in this society I would say okay yeah you're gonna watch it and then uh, how do you feel about what you just watched yes that, give me a report <laughs> yeah give me a report let me, yeah. let me I wanna get your thoughts on this you know so we're seeing all these in, we're in a we're in a tenuous time right now like we need to critically analyze 
all these different angles. Yeah, and if your report doesn't come back right, you probably don't need to be on yeah. the force and, and definitely not going out in any kind of crisis situation with yeah. black people. Let's put them on desk duty. Yeah, yeah. We'll go deal <laughs> got, with I got some, uh, if yeah. Trump's got a problem or something. Yeah, I got you some know. TPS <laughs> reports that you can knock out here. But, um, yeah, so there's different, different outreaches here. Um, the divergent model. Uh, that I told you about in the uh, part one, we talked about CIT, mm-hmm. crisis intervention teams, where these persons didn't carry guns. Uh, they were, you know, trained in uh, de-escalation tactics and how, you know, I had um, in the few interactions I had with persons circa 10 years ago, I found it to be way better, let's say, in my life. I've had um, either secondhand you know, as a bystander, or personally, I've maybe had like, uh, let's go ahead and say 30 interactions with seeing police mm-hmm. respond to calls. Uh, I would say the CIT officers that I've interacted with, they were uh, better handled. In this, in one scenario, uh, these guys responded to a call at a residential facility, you know, uh, teenagers with. Uh, you know, certain uh, behavioral uh, concerns. And these kids were like, they were heckling them, you know, <laughs> just giving them a hard time. And, you know, the guy held his own. He, he ignored them, which is one of the first tactics in de-escalation. Mm-hmm. You got to ignore all the white noise and people goading you. And how many officers do you see? They just fall for the bait, like, you know, candy from a baby. Like, they don't even... You know, the, the slightest provocation, just, wah, wah, you know, it's just like. But how much of that is based on fear? Yeah, I think a lot you of know. that's fear, you know, just So if you're like, scared, like you said earlier, if you're mm-hmm. going into the situation with fear yeah. of our children, yeah. then you're not qualified to deal fear, with this. Fear Simple as that to me. Of, and you don't, you don't see a benevolent way forward for us. The end goal of white supremacy is genocide. Yeah. You know, so, you know, what do we do with that and how does, and this this goes into um, what we advocate on the top of every show, community control. The person's great, you know, the most affected by these things, you know, shouldn't they have a say in, in what that looks like? Mm-hmm. They're the ones on the front line. I mean, let's throw, let's throw a... A loved one of someone who was who was killed in one of these uh, mental health interactions, mm. and you know, in a, on a community model, you know, like let's see what they have to say about this. Mm-hmm. So I think exactly it's, we got to balance that scale because it's, it's got a thumb on it, mm-hmm. you know. But what you think about this, Nisha? Um, <clears throat> coming from social work, I have yet to meet a social worker that isn't rank in some former fashion of doing this work in a disproportionate capacity, whether that's you working with CPS or you're working with a nonprofit or you're working for a judicial system, the the disproportionality and all that is trifling. And the majority of those social workers are pretty white women. I'm not comfortable with thinking there's going to be a little white chick and a big burly man with a gun that's going to come down 18th street and I'm going to feel comfortable with them de-escalating whatever they may (laughs) see come in there. I'm sorry. My vote is not for them. It's not going to work. Um, I also know that 
I don't know many social workers that have done this work that had have had a good interaction with police. Normally, mm. if we have to call them, they already come out foul. They come out funky. They don't want to have mm. to do it. We're like the the grunt workers, mm. and they don't want to associate it's a, it's with a, it's us. It's dismissive at times, where they just you know act like, oh I'm, you know, I'm, oh I'm you couldn't handle you. it. You know, it's just it's it's like it's all a big joke. Mm. I've seen that so many times. So like, how how can how can we have a collegial uh, understanding of these things where we're both, you know, equals in this. Uh, part of this is a social, we have a social responsibility to the public mm-hmm. to keep people safe uh, and, you know, violent interactions being kept down to the, you know, absolute zero minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we even have that if you, if, if, it's, if it's all a big farce to you? Mm-hmm. Can we just stop reinventing the wheel? Yeah. Can we just say, before you all want to try that, mm-hmm. how about you let us try to take care of us, mm-hmm. yeah. which we keep asking for? Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, so that's what, that's what, you know, community control is very much, um, we need some sort of, and it's, it's not 100% a, you know, but it's, it's way better, way better than, you know, this, this shutout model. Of just, you know, we, we, we have no say so in this. Mm-hmm. Um, those the panels that we do have the the ref, um, you know accountability models are are their their recommendations. We we mm-hmm. advocate for democratic community yes. control. Mm-hmm. So that means we you know the the interaction you know based in the uh, legality and I'm talking like benevolent benevolent legality. Mm-hmm. How much of this stuff is above the law? You know, with what they did to Brianna was mm. considered above the law. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm, I'm not too caught up in what their version of. At first, we got we got a lot of work to do. We got to change some of these laws, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, get an understanding of that. Before we change those laws, I do want to remind you, you are listening to Community Control Now, 106.5 WFNP. Vincent Gonzalez, Michael T. We got Nisha in the house, which um, maybe not for the last time. I don't know. Oh. We'll call your representation. Yeah, you got to get my people agency. to talk to y'all's people. Yeah, we'll we'll, see uh, how that goes. We'll <laughs> toss the paper back and forth here. We don't know. But, yeah, we just, we're looking at some of the alternative models that we're faced with. And I love how the pamphlets put it. Reforms. Seeking revolution, like pending uh, we, revolution, pending yeah. revolution. Mm-hmm. Yes, pending revolution. Here, the, any reform that we propose is um, is merely a stopgap with our end goal of abolition. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the revolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. revolution. And we can abolish the police, but we know we can't abolish them immediately. No, we got to be practical, right? There has to be a transitional mm-hmm. kind of process, and we say that that transition has to be controlled by the community. And I just wanted to say that, you know, as part of that, we've got to get some serious people to pull together our best minds, Mm -hmm. you know, our best therapists, our best social workers, you know, to concentrate on these solutions Mm -hmm. and to pull together the models and proposals that we can implement. So when we go to these folks, we can say, look, this is what we think should be done. 
It's and, based in evidence. Yes, and mm-hmm. this is who we think should be handling it because they get us all tripped up into, okay, well, you're right, you know, we got problems, but we'll handle it. Uh, we'll get back with you once we figure it out. No, 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 no more of that. Yeah. We want the power turned over to the people in our communities mm-hmm. with the best expertise. What, and we have what's them. What's the problem with that? Why don't they? It's like, I don't know. It's like they they don't think we can handle it or something. Or well, maybe, it's a power struggle. Yeah, it's Do a power struggle. That also, part of that is because, I, and I'm just speaking from here, um, with all of the gentrification that's gone on and the projects being torn down and communities were basically demolished. Mm. And so, yeah. like, I know when we were younger, and this is something we love talking about, when we were younger, we can go to the park and we can act a fool, mm-hmm. but we know. The first mama that sees us, yeah. we getting tore up all the way back <laughs> home. Because there's a candy a lady, yeah. there's yeah. dudes Absolutely. out in the street shooting yeah. dice. But let me let me and not be in school. Mm-hmm. I'm going. The yeah. dude in the shooting dice is going to handle me. Mm-hmm. But we've all yeah. like been forced because of yeah. all this stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Th- that community's gone. Yeah, yeah. Airquois projects ain't even getting touched, yeah. getting rebuilt. Yeah. Where are those people go? So now we're seeing, yeah, the, the capitalist, the real estate industry, how they're having a role in displacement. And, I mean, you, we can even break it down on, um, you know, there's some persons who believe some of these uh, interact, violent interactions that we're seeing more and more is you're mixing persons from different sides of town Absolutely. that aren't familiar with each other. And they have, mm-hmm. you know, some, some long held resentments and you know i mean i've i've heard of police doing such a thing where they you know i mean i've heard they drop you off in a in a rival <laughs> neighborhood and, yeah. you know what i mean they, they do that you, in I'll philly home. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. you yeah. know what i'm saying so like they they got way too that the reason why they can do that power and control yes. because they have a a, a blank check to mm. to serve out their whims so and our leaders are demanding yeah. that they turn over a, that power. In a representative republic, a, yeah. they they are not beholden to the persons who voted them in. Yeah. They're beholden to uh, any sort of um, capital mm-hmm. stakeholder <laughs> who, you know, it's almost how like the corporate model where, you know, you got... You're beholden, you know, to the the top state uh, shareholders. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're just, yeah. It's a small number of people speaking for the masses. Yeah. And instead know, of their workforce and the consumers. Yeah, we're in a we're in a collision course here. We need wholesale uh, revolution as it pertains to um, how we get out of these things here. So we got four minutes here, man. What's that look like? What? How do we? What's that first uh, brick? that we throw to, like, completely dismantle this thing. What do y'all think? I'm sure Nisha has the answer to that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I uh, bit off more than I get to, but, I mean, I can, I can, I can, uh, first the bet. We got to create casual organizations. (laughs) I know, yeah, it was just, uh, I'm in and out. But um, (laughs) we got to create casual organizations and get solidarity where we can, like, you You've done enough. <laughs> you you have you have abdicated your social responsibility yes. to the people. And this is what needs to be this done. This is what needs to be done, and we're not asking. Yes. Mm. This is you can you can 
submit your terms of surrender. <laughs> yes. You know, so, um, you know, we, we that's how I see it. I think we have to build that. Um, I love when men reading about revolutionary movements and how they built those systems, these institutions. We, we The only reason they have power is because we legitimized them. Mm-hmm. So they created... Um, you know their own silos of yeah, institutions mm-hmm. created models and it wasn't the Mickey Mouse Club like <laughs> these were serious endeavors um, so I don't know you got anything on that final thoughts we got another minute how are we gonna get out of this thing I don't know. Well, you just said it. I'm really. Like, you just I'm, laid it out. I'm yeah, legit. I, know, and I think we standing. we talked about that earlier when I was talking about getting the mamas together yes. and really like getting us all on the same page. Yes. So from every community. So when we go back to our communities, we all know this is where we want to go, and we want to be able to take care of all the kids in the community. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to go and knock on the door when we hear them arguing and be like, hey, uh, we're going to work this out together. Out. We want to get back there, but mm-hmm. we're all standing here very much alone, very much separated. Uh, and very and much not, afraid. Yes. <laughs> and not knowing how to get it's gonna there. It's going to take all of us. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, let's, hey, let's, let's, let's put our heads together and let's be brave and, and, and you know, stand linked to getting out of this thing man it's gonna take all of us by any means necessary by any means mm-hmm. necessary here community control now uh any final shout outs here as i always say free mumia abu jamal and leonard peltier yeah right now what you got nisha i just shout out my babies oh all the ones beautiful. in the city that know me all, all the my babies. babies y'all know who y'all are and man <coughs> let's lift the embargo on cuba <laughs> And let's get free. Yes. Community control now.